0: Gregory Warner here to tell you about NPR's new international podcast. It's called Rough Translation. Each week, we're going to take you to a different country to hear a story that reflects back on something that we are talking about here in the United States. Maybe get a perspective shift. Travel with us. Rough Translation is on NPR One or wherever you get your
1: podcasts. Hey, Cecil. Hey, Afira. (laughs) Our guest on today's Ask Me Another stars in the musical Groundhog Day, which is about a man stuck living the same day over and over. So speed round in Groundhog Day, What's the name of Phil Connors' high school classmate who sells insurance? Ned Ryerson. Right. Okay, let's see if you can get this one. What's the name of Phil Connors' high school classmate who sells insurance?
2: Uh, I think you just asked me that.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. We were looking for Ned Ryerson. Last question. What's the name of Phil Connors' high school classmate who sells insurance? Make it stop! Stop!
2: From NPR and WNYC, coming to you from the Bell House in beautiful Brooklyn, New York, it's NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. Ask me another. I'm puzzle guru Cecil Baldwin. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg!
1: Thank you, Cecil. We have a great show for you. Julian Villard is here as our guest musician and, as usual, Four contestants are waiting backstage, also waiting for their refunds from the fire Festival. <laughs> and our special guest today is Andy Carl, who stars as Phil Connors in the Broadway musical Groundhog Day. Now, it turns out that there are a lot of predictive animals out there. There's Paul the Octopus, who predicted the World Cup winner. There's Derek the Donkey, who also predicts soccer matches. There's Harry the Crocodile, who predicted the election of an Australian prime minister. And you know what I think? It sounds to me like the field of psychic animal prediction needs more women, am I right? Yeah. Yeah. Our first two contestants will scrub up and take a trip into the human body. Let's meet them. First up, Jen Winter on buzzer number 1. You're a community engagement coordinator for the international nonprofit Heifer International. Welcome. Thank you. Your opponent is Ed U on buzzer number two. You're the director of strategic research for the New York State Nurses Association. Welcome. Thanks. So, Jen and Ed, the first of you who wins two of our games will move on to the final round at the end of the show. Let's start with a trivia game called Body Tourist. In this game, we imagine the body-shrinking technology has become commonplace, okay? And people are looking to book vacations to their favorite organs, So Cecil and I will play the part of the travel agents, and you just have to guess the body part we're trying to convince you to visit. Here we go. Move to the beat as you party in one of our four private chambers. Go, circulate. The fun won't stop until we die. Ed.
0: The
2: heart.
1: Yeah, that's the heart. Yeah, very good.
2: Feeling worn down and sluggish? Regenerate with us at the ultimate detox destination. Enjoy a tour of our bile production facility. Uh, Jen.
3: The liver?
2: Yes, correct.
1: They serve a lot of pate.
3: That's
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sort of a disgusting joke. I realize yeah. that. Float in our park, but be ready to go with the flow. When we can't hold any more liquids, you'll be flushed right out of the body. We're bursting with excitement, so stream on over. Ed. The bladder? Yeah, the bladder. (laughs) Yeah, that's right.
2: Our spa is a breath of fresh air. Enjoy oxygen therapy. Relax among the alveoli, and don't let the diaphragm hit you on your way out. Ed. Ed. The lungs?
0: Correct.
1: Yeah. I can see the TripAdvisor review for that one. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It'll be like this place sucks and blows. <laughs> <laughs> Relax, restore, and reconnect with Mother Nature at your choice of one of our two working egg farms. Ed. The ovaries? Yeah, that is correct. <laughs> Hat tip to Margaret Atwood. Oh,
2: yeah, absolutely.
1: All right, this is your last clue.
2: Hey, bro, do you want to get pumped up? It's fight or flight time, brah. We'll get your heart pounding as we blast your muscles with glucose and put your metabolism into overdrive. So visit us and get addicted to the rush! (laughs) Yes, Jen.
3: I don't actually know. I just
4: wanted
2: to Ed, can you steal? Um... The muscles? <laughs> Ooh, we're looking for the adrenal
1: glands. Oh yeah, no,
3: that wasn't gonna happen. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm not familiar with that. Puzzle
1: guru Cecil Baldwin. How did our contestants do?
2: Ed, well done. You're one step closer to our final round.
1: Next, we'll play a game about tributes. It's a special dystopian version of Ask Me Another, where only one of you will survive to play our final round. But first, (laughs) let's check in with our contestants. Jen, so you love watching uh, home improvement television shows, huh?
3: I do. I'm pretty addicted to them, yeah. And
1: uh, what is your last home improvement project?
3: Oh, I mean, I live in... 500 square feet, so I don't do any home improvement. I just watch others do home improvement. This is New York after all. So. Right.
1: <laughs> Ed, you also play keyboard in a band. Tell me about this band. Uh,
5: my band's called Scale of Six, and um, I think every musician in a rock band at some point fantasized about being the guitar player on stage with the other positions in the band. There was one time recently where I thought oh this is my chance like they're gonna let me do it and um we have a very good guitar player in our band so the other guys are like maybe you shouldn't you know <laughs> maybe you should just kind of stick to your guns and stay on the keyboard <laughs>
1: <laughs> so your next game is a tribute to tribute bands Ed, you're already in a band, but if you were in a tribute band, what band would you cover?
5: So, uh, my moment of opportunity to play guitar was actually recently when um, we were going to do an entire set of KISS covers, yes. and, <laughs> and I, was, I was hesitant at first, but then I got super excited because KISS is awesome.
1: <laughs> uh, Jen, if you were in a tribute band, what band
3: would you cover? Um, Billy Joel. Billy Joel, okay, yeah. There are many Billy Joel tribute artists out there. I would not be an entertaining one, but um, I would enjoy doing it myself.
1: (laughs) I think that's an interesting selling point right there.
3: I'm not in sales for a reason. uh, It's
1: not going to be entertaining, but please come to my show. (laughs) Okay, so this is a guessing game called Trials and Tribute Bands. I'm going to give you the name of a supposed tribute band. That's a band who plays the music of a famous band. And you just have to tell me if it's real or something we made up. Ed, you won the last game. So you win this and you go right to the final round. Jen, you need to win this or you're going to have to join my Pearl Jam tribute band called Creed. (laughs) Here we go. Jen, Joanne Joanne, an all-female Duran Duran tribute band.
3: I feel like that could be real. Yeah, that's real.
1: Ed, Jewish priest, a Judas priest tribute band whose members met in rabbinical school.
0: I really hope that's real.
1: (laughs) Sorry it is fake. Jen Dred Zeppelin, who performs reggae versions of Led Zeppelin songs, real. Oh yeah, that's real. <laughs> yeah. Actually, we can uh, we can listen to a little clip of Dred Zeppelin. This is Dred Zeppelin covering Stairway to Heaven.
6: There's a, There's a,
4: a lady, lady to that shore, all oh, that glitters oh, is gold. When she's flying a stairway to heaven.
1: Ed, Noasis, an Oasis tribute band. Real. Yeah, that's real. That's real. Only slightly less confident. Jen, the Zombie Beatles, a zombie themed Beatles tribute band.
3: I hope that's fake.
1: That's real. Oh, oh yeah. Let's we should listen to some of that. This is the uh, Zombie Beatles playing I Wanna Eat Your Hands. <laughs> <laughs> I wanna eat your hand.
3: I wanna eat your hands. I wanna eat your hand. It's kinda catchy. It's
5: awesome.
1: <laughs> Ed Geezer, a senior citizen-themed Weezer tribute band.
0: Fake?
1: (laughs) That is real! (laughs)
3: That's amazing.
1: That's incredible.
0: How does that
6: work?
1: It's just the band Weezer. (laughs) Right, Right. basically,
2: it's just
6: them. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Like, I remember you kids from the 90s. (laughs) Okay, these are your last clues. Jen, Willennials, a band of millennials devoted to covering the songs of Will Smith.
3: I don't even know if millennials know who Will Smith is, so I'm going to go with fake. It is fake.
1: <laughs> it is fake. Ed Arrow Myth, an Aerosmith tribute band from Huntington Beach, California. Real. Oh, yeah. That's real. <laughs> That's real. All right, Puzzle Guru Cecil Baldwin, how did our contestants do? All
2: right. Congratulations, Jen. You won that round. And that means that you've each won one game. So we're gonna go to a quick game three. I'm gonna give you a category and then you'll go back and forth, naming things that fall into that category. And the first contestant to mess up will be eliminated. So buzz in to answer first. Here's your category. Name the 13 U.S. states located along the Canadian border. Jen.
3: Washington.
2: Yes. Vermont. Correct.
3: Idaho. Idaho?
2: Yes. Montana. Correct.
3: North Dakota.
2: Correct. Michigan. Yup. Maine. Yes. Wisconsin. Oh, Wisconsin is not on the border. The correct answers left were Alaska, Minnesota, New Hampshire, New York, Ohio, and Pennsylvania. Ed, we're so sorry to see you go, but Jen, you're headed to the final round.
1: Coming up, we'll find out who will face off against Jen in our final round at the end of the show, and we'll talk to the star of the musical Groundhog Day, Andy Carl, about what it's like to live the Broadway dream of doing the same show, night after night, week after week after week. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. <laughs> Support for this NPR podcast and the following message comes from Blue Apron. Blue Apron partners with sustainable farms, fisheries, and ranchers to bring you all the ingredients you need to create incredible home-cooked meals. Ingredients compared paired with an easy-to-follow recipe card, delivered to your door weekly in a refrigerated box. Rediscover how fun cooking can be while enjoying specialty ingredients and exploring new flavors and cuisines. Get your first three Blue Apron meals free, plus free shipping, by visiting blueapron.com slash ask me another support for this podcast, and the following message comes from Bombas. When you think socks, think Bombas. Made from premium cotton, Bombas stay warm in the winter and cool in the summer. And every pair comes with a built-in blister tab, innovative arch support, stay-up technology, and a seamless toe. With many colors, patterns, lengths, and styles, Bombas look and feel great wherever you go. And for every purchase you make, Bombas donates a pair to someone in need. Get 20% off your first purchase at Bombas.com slash ask.
2: This is Ask Me Another, NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. I'm Puzzle Guru Cecil Baldwin with guest musician Julia Villard. Now here's your host, Ophira
1: Eisenberg. <laughs> Thank you, Cecil. Before the break, our contestant, Jen, won her way to the final round at the end of the show. We'll find out a little later who she will face off against. But first, it's time to welcome our special guest. He stars as Weatherman Phil Connors in the Broadway musical adaptation of Groundhog Day. Please welcome Andy Carl.
4: Hello. It's so nice to be here. Thank you for having me here.
1: Welcome to Ask Me Another.
4: Of course, thank you.
1: Now, I understand that you sort of owe your Broadway career to your mother.
4: Oh, who doesn't? <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you were kind of a bad kid, huh?
4: Uh, well, yeah. Um, oh god. My mother always had she was, she played music for her for the church. She had she was organ player, oh, yeah. which is a really intricate instrument. So, I got to give credit to my mother for like being an incredible musician that way. Um, but we did have Piano in the House, Jesus Christ Superstar uh, mm. album in the House, Tommy. It was always lingering in my head, all these uh, these musical theater uh, moments. But it wasn't until I was in high school and I got caught smoking in the boys' room Uh-oh. by the assistant principal, which oh. is like the scariest, awful thing, <laughs> even if you're trying to be cool. And it was like one of those times where it was the first time someone just handed me a cigarette, I was like, one puff, didn't even get like a good drag. Boom, assistant principal comes in and I get suspended for like oh. a week. Uh, no mother wants to hear this. Her idea was to put me in a musical theater show, have me audition for the local dinner theater.
1: Yeah, because other actors will be good influences.
4: Yeah. At the time, they were. They I were. mean, when you're 16 oh. and you're in musical theater, you're just like the bright Starry world of performing. It was and dinner I, theater, yeah, and it dinner. was dinner theater, yeah. yeah. So you get a meal after, so that was always a plus.
1: So you fall in love with musical theater. You cut your teeth doing dinner theater, regional theater, and mm-hmm. then you land your first Broadway show.
4: Yeah, Saturday Night Fever. Saturday Night Fever. Oh and my gosh! What yeah. was your role? Uh, I came in as Joey, one of the friends of Tony Manero, but I also played Tony Manero on the matinees as well. Yeah, so yeah, it was like, yeah. that was cool. Yo, uh, would you watch the hair? You know, I work a long time on the hair. And you hit it. <laughs> Mr. Carter. So um, that was my introduction into uh, movies being trans poured it into musicals. So well, yeah, because uh, it's, it's, it started there and it's it's ending there.
1: Right, because let's see, you have done, uh, you started in Rocky the Musical, yep, uh, which you also received a Tony nomination Yo, for. That was, a, that
4: was a really great show. We uh, had a good time.
1: Legally Blonde, you were in Legally Blonde. Legally Blonde, yes, with my right. wife. So when you hear uh, Groundhog Day, the musical, What is the first thought that goes through your mind?
4: Run for the hills. Do not do this. Really? Do not do this. Why not? Uh, No, it's, uh, what's interesting is that there are so many movies that are made into musicals, and that seems to be the status quo uh, these days, and it's good. If you do it right, because basically you have to deconstruct the movie in order to put it back together again as a musical, Groundhog Day does that. In spades, it's an amazing work of art. And so, once I read the script and how they were going to do that, that's when I was like, "I have to do the show." And I auditioned my butt off to get it.
1: Did you bring the dark sensibility of Phil Connors specifically, or was that the script that you were given? Because it is sort of there's a darkness to it.
4: Yeah, second act goes a little dark, but uh, it, which is is, it's is wonderful because you kind great. of have like if you're living the same day over and over and over and over <laughs> and over and over and over again for like years, forty years. I mean, during that time, you just want to, you want to end it all. You you can't take it anymore because you're not looking at it the way you should be looking at it. So the option is to like, just take yourself out of it. And when you can't and you keep waking up the next day, how do you handle that? So yes, it is a, it is a, is a dark concept that it seems like it should go there, and we do, And but it's still damn funny the, so the funny. whole time.
1: Now, Phil Connors in Groundhog Day uses the fact that he has this repetitive life to eventually do good, and he masters the piano, for mm. example. Have you thought of, if you had the opportunity to
4: relive the day over and over again, what you would master? That sounds like a really good idea, Yeah, learning the piano. It's a good choice, but that's only because he gets the idea from... Rita and really that's like that was one of the things she says looking at the day differently you're actually the lucky one you get to relive the same day and you can do whatever you want with it and that's what's so profound about this show is that you know in in part of it he does he learns the piano he tries to actually revive somebody to live every day he tries to save people um through that Phil begins to understand that you know life moves on and death is a part of life and to be happy about it. So really profound ideas that give me chills still now thinking about it because it's, it's just, I love what they've done with the show, and I've, it's an honor to perform it.
1: Groundhog Day, uh, it's a top movie for me, but I have friends, this is their number one favorite movie. Yeah. And Bill Murray, obviously, an iconic comedic actor. Yeah. When you are preparing for this role, do you go, I am not revisiting that movie, or are you gaining little bits, paying homage to it in any sort of way I, it, all de- it depends
4: on the, the project something with like rocky was uh, so iconic in how he spoke and how he carried himself that I sort of took on the caricature of uh, of stallone's character
0: mm-hmm. because
4: if you don't like yo I do if you don't do this <laughs> and you don't roll your shoulders and you know you box this is how I work you know I got to be I got to be I got to be stallone I got to be rocky you know <laughs> it was one of was... still got it uh it was one of those things where it's synonymous with the movie and and that type of character needs to be portrayed but i felt like this was there was a little, the parameters were a little bit bigger i had to find out like what's the jerk inside of me that's, you know, wh- I got to find, you know, how I can be really sardonic and crappy to people in the beginning of the show, all with, like, this weatherman smile. And then how do you evolve into the, the sort of found person at the end of the show? And so it, it became really personal.
1: Uh, I made a joke that living the Broadway dream is performing the same show over and over and over again night after night after night but you suffered an injury I
4: did I suffered an injury uh 72 hours before our opening night which really sucked I was doing something that I'd do a million times in the show I run from stage right to stage left full speed leapfrog over somebody catch a girl in my arms and then save a cat falling from the sky <laughs> yeah simple stuff right <laughs> So the leapfrog took me down my ACL tour oh. completely. Boom. I hit the floor, and uh, 72 hours later, I was in the hospital feeling completely sad for myself, uh, realizing that it was all over. I couldn't do it. Then my wife, Orfe, she's like, you're doing opening night. Are you going to sit there on the couch and watch your opening night pass you by? And I was like... No, not on my time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, physical therapy, uh, physical therapy, go to the doctor, see what he can do. Uh, I don't know how we got walking in in 72 hours, but I was on stage, and, um, God, there was such love <laughs> from the audience on that night. I have never felt anything more powerful in my life, in theater especially, for a group of people to be in the same place Pushing you forward, and I acted my face off. Yeah. Because I didn't want them looking at my leg.
1: <laughs> Andy Carl, are you ready for your Ask Me Another challenge?
4: Sure. Yeah. Ask me another. Come
1: on. These questions are all about famous people who, at some point in their lives, worked as weather forecasters on television or radio. Just tell me which celebrities I'm talking about, and if you get enough right, our listener Simone Story from New Zealand will win an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube if we can afford the stamps. (laughs) Let's go to your first question. This retired late-night talk show host got a start as a weatherman in Indianapolis where he would occasionally give weather reports for cities that didn't exist, and he congratulated a tropical storm for getting upgraded to a hurricane.
4: Am I going to say, I'm guessing, David Letterman? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he was a a weatherman. Somehow in the back of my mind I knew that.
1: Yeah. Born Joe Raquel... Tahada, this 1960s actress and legendary sex symbol had an early job as a weather forecaster.
4: Raquel Welch. Yeah, I heard Raquel. Yeah, Raquel that's Welch, correct. Yes? That's right. I yeah, heard Raquel.
1: She, that's right. Yeah, clap it I up. I heard for Raquel. That. You're right.
4: Raquel. Raquel Welch.
1: Raquel Welch. She was at KFMB in San Diego doing the weather.
4: Way to go. Yeah. You was. know, there's a future for all of us.
1: <laughs> this is a fun one. After. This director became famous for Mulholland Drive and Twin Peaks. He filed daily weather reports for an indie radio station in Los Angeles. Let's take a listen. Good morning, it's March 12th,
4: 2009 and it's a Thursday.
5: Here in LA, mostly blue skies, some white clouds floating by, muted golden sunshine, very still, 52 degrees Fahrenheit, 11 Celsius.
4: I'm still thinking. Twin Peaks. Is it David Lynch? That's David Lynch! Oh my God. I don't know where... I don't know where that came from.
1: This comedian was the weather girl for her college radio station in Ann Arbor, Michigan before she dropped out to follow her boyfriend to Canada... She later joined the Second City Comedy Troupe and became one of the original cast members of Saturday
4: Night Live. Original. Uh, mm.
1: Do you want yeah. a hint?
2: Yes. And she was most famous for her character, Roseanne Rosanna Dana. Oh,
4: yeah. th- of course, the names are, it's, it's, it's there on the tip of my tongue. Please, just, just say it. I, I lose. <laughs> Gilda Radner. Yes. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> See how the brain works. If I just, you know, keep talking, it'll eventually happen.
1: Okay, here's your last clue. In 2014, this Today Show anchor, who still reports the weather, set a Guinness World Record for the longest uninterrupted live television weather report when he gave the weather for 34 straight
4: hours. What idiot would do that? (laughs) Is it Al Roker? Yeah. Yeah. That's the only, like famous one.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's into records, because he also did a weather report in all 50 states in a little over seven days. Like Some he's...
4: accomplishments, yeah. It's like, I mean, look, if you're going to me- be a meteorologist, you know, make a stake, make a claim.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Puzzle Guru's Cecil Baldwin, how did Andy Carroll do?
4: Congratulations, Andy.
2: You and Simone Story from New Zealand both win Ask Me Another Rubik's cube. Yeah.
1: Congratulations, Andy. Andy Carl stars as Phil Connors in Thank the you. musical Groundhog Day. One more time for Andy Carl, everybody. I
3: got you, babe.
6: I got you, babe.
1: Next, we'll play a game where we shorten film titles like the movie Taken. Why can't it just be Took? Let's meet our contestants. First up, Sarah Goldstein on buzzer number one. You work in music publicity. Welcome. Hi. Hi. Your opponent is Brian Norton on buzzer number two. You're an actuary focused on natural disasters. Welcome. Hi there. Remember, Sarah and Brian, first of you who wins two of our games. will move on to the final round at the end of the show. Let's go to your first game. Sarah, who
3: would you thank first in your Oscar speech? Um, I would have to say my parents' feel like they'd be really disappointed and lord it over me for the rest of my life if Aww. I did not thank them first. Nice. Also, they're here. I, okay, got hello. it. <laughs> Brian, who would
1: you thank first in your Oscar acceptance speech? Uh,
0: I would also thank my parents, who are also here. Got
1: it. Uh,
0: very creative. Um, mostly because they once told me that uh, every time they yelled at me, they would then go into another room and laugh, hysterically. <laughs> and They were great actors, so... They I was it. an actor.
1: Uh, I think your parents are sociopaths. Sure it's fine? You seem fine. You just, work in, you just work with natural disasters, so... This is a word game called And the Scar Goes To. We've removed the first letter from one of the words in a movie's title and rewrote the plot to match the new title. Puzzle guru Cecil Baldwin, I really hope you have an example.
2: Oh, yes, I do. Good. So if I said, in this Coen Brothers film, Josh Brolin works as a Hollywood doctor trying to rid movie star George Clooney of a terrible stomach ache, you would answer, ale Caesar, which is hail Caesar with the first letter of one of the words removed.
1: Don't worry about it. It's going to be fine. (laughs) (laughs) My recommendation is ring it in and just talk it out. So buzz in to answer, and here we go. This film gets a new twist when the Red Queen regrets trying on the Mad Hatter's hat and spends the rest of the movie combing through the March hair looking for knits.
3: Sarah, uh, it's definitely Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. So just gonna go on that.
1: Uh, so you're just gonna remove a letter. Yeah. And. Um, uh. <laughs>
3: Uh, la- Lace in Wonderland. Oh. Ah. I think you're very close.
1: And as soon as you hear the answer, you're going to kick yourself. But oh, I'm going, no. it's, but you I'm did, stressing. you did great. Brian, can you steal?
0: I think so. Uh, Lice in Wonderland.
1: Lice in Wonderland. Oh, it's just because
3: I don't know how to say words. Okay. Correctly.
2: <laughs> this 2012 film stars Channing Tatum as a young Dwight Eisenhower. Working as a male stripper in Tampa, Florida, to secure a loan for tuition at West Point. Uh, Sarah.
3: I got this one. Magic Ike.
2: Yeah, that's <laughs> it.
3: I'm just gonna let
1: Channing Tatum as Dwight Eisenhower <laughs> just hang Stripping. there. For this clue, we need the help of today's guest musician Julian Villard.
6: Here's to the words that bind. Clauses that you may find. Here's to the buts, the fours. Here's to the yets, the nors.
3: Sarah, Lala, la, and yes,
2: yeah. well done. In this thriller, bus driver Sandra Bullock guzzles a big gulp and desperately tries to hold it in while Keanu Reeves looks for the nearest bathroom. Brian, eat. <laughs> no. No. So close. Uh, Sarah, can you steal?
3: I know what it is, and it's not coming to me. I'm just, uh, this is really frustrating.
2: All right,
1: the correct answer. I know
3: it's about driving.
1: Is peed. (laughs) Speed with the S removed. All right, this is your last clue. During the Cold War, an American baker, played by Tom Hanks, helps the CIA, that's the Culinary Institute of America, facilitate an exchange of recipes with the Soviet Union. Brian.
0: Bridge of Pies.
1: Yeah, (laughs) that's right. Puzzle Cecil Baldwin, how did our contestants do? All right, so it's a tie. All right. Here's your tiebreaker question.
2: <laughs> Evolutionary and biblical beliefs come together in the story of a man compelled to build a giant vessel to save genetically engineered dinosaurs <laughs> before a torrential rain threatens to wipe out all of life on Earth. Uh, Sarah.
3: Jurassic Ark. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Sarah, well done. You are one
1: step closer to the final round. If dropping a letter in that quiz was easy for you, drop us a letter and be a contestant on our show. Go to amatickets.org to find out how. Coming up, we've got a game about cheap dates. And of course, the ultimate cheap date is listening to our show together while driving one of your Teslas. I'm Ofira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. I got you, babe. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from ZipRecruiter. If you're looking for top talent with ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites with just one click. Let ZipRecruiter's powerful technology match your job to the right candidates and use their simple dashboard to find the right hire. That's why 80% of jobs on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just one day. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com another. Hey, thanks for listening to Ask Me Another. This summer, keep up to date on the day's news with Up First. It's the morning news podcast from NPR. In just 10 minutes, Up First gives you a quick morning update on what happened and what you need to start the day. Wake up with Up First tomorrow morning on the NPR One app and wherever you listen to podcasts.
2: This is NPR's Ask Me Another. I'm puzzle guru Cecil Baldwin with guest musician Julian Villard. Now here's your host, Afira Eisenberg.
1: Thank you, Cecil. Before the break, we met our contestants, Sarah and Brian. Soon they'll play a game about fun, cheap dates like going to church. Because I, like you, do a lot of praying on first dates.
2: I actually do a lot of praying before first dates.
1: Okay. <laughs> what are you praying for? I'm like, oh,
2: please let this one not be as crazy as the last one.
1: <laughs> and how often does that work out? You
2: know, if if I, I don't think God's really listening.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sarah, there's a rumor floating around that you're Jerry Seinfeld's daughter. Yes, and that, that, is that is correct. You started that rumor.
3: Yes, true on both accounts. Okay,
1: why did you start the rumor?
3: So uh, my dad, who again is here, um, he looks very much like Jerry Seinfeld. Um, Although it's really more so that sometimes Jerry Seinfeld looks exactly like my dad. Um, It's like a weird, it's just a weird thing, but it is true. Um, So I was explaining that to somebody many years ago, and they misheard me, and they thought I said, Jerry Seinfeld is my dad. And so I just ran with it, uh, which was fine. And then it became this weird thing that, like, when I would meet people that I would know I would never see again, I would just be like, oh, yeah, Jerry Seinfeld's my dad. It was kind of weird. I just didn't think anybody would ever, like, go... For Were they it. like, can
1: I meet him? Can, I, can you get me tickets to a
3: show? Anything like that? They treated me differently because I thought I was super rich. Yeah. <laughs> so.
1: Brian, uh, okay, so you're an actuary that works with natural disasters. So what's the chance there's going to be a natural disaster soon?
0: Uh, about a 100. One in 100? Yes, correct. Oh, exactly. That,
1: wow, that's fantastic. <laughs> so I don't have to worry about anything.
0: No, you're fine. Okay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Here to perform your next game is guest musician Julian Vallard.
6: We took the Hosier song, Take Me to Church, which compares falling in love to going to church, and rewrote it to be about cheap date ideas. Makes total sense.
1: Okay, so buzz in to answer. (laughs) Sarah, you won the last game, so you win this, and you are off to the final round. Brian, you need to win this or you'll have to convert to a random religion on our Wheel Wheel of of (laughs) (laughs) faith.
6: To induce idea digestion They want an audience suggestion If ours gets through the congestion This troop will act the question Are they so glib They can ad-lib Command them to think fast Yes Yes, and, yes, and.
3: Sarah. Uh, Improv? Or do I need to be more specific? Improv
1: is as specific as I need. Great. (laughs) That's good. Yeah, give me a show. Improv show. That is what we were looking for. Cool. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Up on the roof. We'll see
6: our big old star give off less and less light. We'll see all the colors the pollution makes bright. And it happens on the regular, it's free, watching day turn
1: to night. Sarah? Uh, stargazing? No, that is not what we're looking for. I understand why you went that route, but not exactly. Brian, oh. can you steal?
0: Watching the sunset.
1: Watching the sunset, <laughs> yeah.
0: We can't afford to
6: see the Yankees, but farm teams will still please. And we'll be at the ballpark, eating dogs that do not bark. In the summers, see up in commerce. Brian. A minor league baseball game. That is
1: correct, yeah.
6: It will not be any hassle to watch the man in the high castle. Or flea bag, don't get nervous. Because I have the streaming service. It's apparent that transparent ain't on no
1: network. <laughs> Brian?
0: Streaming TV, specifically Amazon.
1: <laughs> yeah, that is correct. <laughs> I know, we got specific with our streaming in that question.
6: <laughs> no master's tourney, the course comes up to my knee. We will hit the balls together, grab a small victory. Through the tunnel and the bridge, through the windmill, that's three. You avoided the castle, see, we don't
0: need a tee. Brian. Going mini-golfing?
1: Mini-golf is correct.
0: You keep saying things I've done.
1: You've done these things? Yes. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Miniature golf? Yeah. Watching Amazon minor league baseball? Not yet. Not yet. (laughs) Good idea. I I love that we're inspiring (laughs) you. Very good. That's very funny. All right, this is your last clue.
6: National Mall, the spirit of St. Louis is in this domain. Apollo 11 and the Wright brothers plane. We can touch a lunar rock and hey, on the wallet, no
1: strain.
3: Sarah? Uh, the Smithsonian? Can you be more specific? No. What? <laughs> Go, going there? Yeah, yeah. Walking we, around I, I in need, it?
1: I need a specific museum. Uh, the space portion? <laughs> yep, yeah, we're, yeah, air and space. That's, yeah. Yeah. We're, yeah. <laughs> Looking for the National Air and Space Museum, <laughs> but we will take space portion. Great. <laughs> That's great. Puzzle Guru Cecil Baldwin, how did our contestants do?
2: Congratulations, Brian. You won that game. (laughs) All right. So we've tied one game apiece. It's time for a quick game three. I'll give you a category, and you'll go back and forth, naming things that fall into that category. The first contestant to mess up will be eliminated. Buzz in to answer first. So here's your category. The seven official James Bond films with titles stylized as one word... No spaces. Brian. Goldfinger. Goldfinger? Sarah? Uh
3: just gonna think for a minute here. This is now my category. Uh, Three seconds. Well, I had a good run. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh Sarah, we're sorry to see you. I don't you go. watch James
3: Bond. <laughs>
2: The other answers not mentioned were GoldenEye, Moonraker, Octopussy, Skyfall, Spectre, and Thunderball. Brian, you're headed on to the final round.
1: While Jen and Brian get ready for their final round, it's time for Julian Villard and myself to play a game. This is called Mystery Guest. A stranger is about to come on stage. We have no idea who this person is or what makes them special, but our puzzle guru Cecil Baldwood does. That's
2: right. So, Afir and Julian are going to work together as a team to figure out our mystery guest's secret by asking yes or no questions. All right, Mr. Guest,
5: could you introduce yourself? Hello, America. My name is Dick Ziggin, and in 1983, I founded a very popular New York event. All right, a New A-fera. York event. Mm-hmm.
1: Was it an event for people with incredible, iconic voices? No.
6: <laughs> is this an annual event? Yes.
1: Okay. Does this event involve eating?
6: No. Is it still happening, this
5: event, every year? Yes.
1: Is this event something that I could compete in?
5: Absolutely, yes.
1: So it's for very good-looking people? (laughs)
5: Yes. And others. (laughs) (laughs) And their friends. And their friends.
6: Does this event uh, take place somewhere very iconic in New York? Yes.
1: Okay. Does this event take place... In Coney Island.
6: Yes. Ah. Did you start the Mermaid Parade? Yes, I did. What? That was teamwork. That was teamwork, Ophir. Teamwork makes the dream work.
1: Julian Villard is so quick at this. Okay. Dick, for people that don't know what the Mermaid Parade is... How would you describe it? Someone's like, I want to go. It's the
5: world's largest art parade, and we do it because it's a wacky way for New York City artists to self-express themselves. Yeah.
1: And people dress up as mermaids, but also other nautical-themed
5: beings. They dress up as oil slicks sometimes. Sure. Yes. What was the
1: first mermaid parade?
5: There were more people in it than watching it. (laughs) Okay. And now it's bigger than Boston, they say. The the amount of people. The population. It's bigger than Boston. The Mermaid Parade, bigger than Boston.
1: And why did you decide, what was your inspiration to say that, you know what we need? We need a Mermaid Parade.
5: Because I'm one of those people who think that clothing and glitter are clothing. I agree. I and the streets of Coney Island are literally named Mermaid Avenue and Neptune Avenue. The idea of mermaids marching without feet struck me as funny. And so
1: you you just decided that artists are you an are you
5: an artist? I'm an artist. I have two degrees in theater, but instead of aspiring to Broadway, I had this. Really stupid idea uh, that Coney Island could be a staging ground. I'm also the founder of Coney Island USA, a not-profit arts organization that runs the Coney Island Freak Show.
1: Oh, yeah! How many years has the mermaid parade been going on now?
5: 35 years. 30- this wow. is our choral anniversary, and we're so psyched that Debbie, Harry, and Christine from Blondie are king and queen. This what? Nice. Oh, June amazing. 17th.
1: Who are other memorable king and queens from prior years?
5: Well, our rock and roll heritage includes. Uh, Lou Reed, David Johansson, David Byrne, Moby, Queen Latifah, um, Harvey Keitel, not so long ago was King Neptune. <laughs> yep.
1: Oh, my God. I, I'm very proud to meet you. I love your work. Thank you. <laughs> and I look forward to being part of the 35th anniversary of the Mermaid Day Parade, one of the best things about New York City in the All right. summertime. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Give it up for our mystery guest, Dick Zigen. Now it's time to crown our big winner. Let's bring back our finalist, Jen Winter, who says her dream is to be an unentertaining Billy Joel cover artist. And Brian Norton, who says the chance of a natural disaster will end this show early, is only one in 100. Puzzle guru Cecil Baldwin, take
2: it away. All right, Jen? Jen? And Brian, your final round is called Friends Everywhere. And every answer will contain the first name of a character from the TV show Friends. So for example, if I asked what woman is credited with making the first American flag, you would answer Betsy Ross, because of course Ross is a character on Friends. And we will be reusing characters. And if you've never seen Friends, I'll be there for you. The contestant who scores the most points will be our big winner, and your prize is an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube signed by Andy Carl. We flipped a coin backstage, and Jen is going first. Here we go. Jen, it's a baby kangaroo. Joey. Correct. Brian, she's the MSNBC host who revealed Donald Trump's 2005 tax returns. Oh, God. <laughs> um... Monica. (laughs) No, I'm sorry, that's not correct. (laughs) We're looking for Rachel Maddow. Uh, Jen, this member of the Supremes starred in the movie version of The Wiz.
3: Diana Ross?
2: Correct. Brian, it's a beach city that neighbors LA and marks the end of the legendary Route 66. Uh, dun, 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 uh, Three seconds. Uh, Ross City. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we
0: one. were
2: looking for Santa Monica. Oh, yeah. Jen, this comic co hosts the podcast Two Dope Queens with Jessica Williams.
3: Phoebe Buffet, I don't
2: know. <laughs> oh, so close. It was Phoebe Robinson. <laughs> Brian, this actor played coach Eric Taylor on Friday Night Lights. Oh, God, I not know one.
0: Uh, Eric Chandler. Oh, no, so Scott. P- uh, what's his name? Uh, Kyle
2: Chandler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go, Brian. <laughs> Jen, this French mime's most famous character was named Bip. Three seconds. Chandler. Oh, <laughs> uh, the answer is Marcel Marceau because Marcel oh, was Ross's the monkey. pet monkey. Brian, <laughs> he's a Swedish supermodel-turned-Europop musician, born Mats Ola Goran Söderland. <laughs> <laughs> I should notice this, too. Um, hmm.
0: Three seconds. Mm, God, it's not coming to me. Uh... <laughs>
2: <laughs> the Swedish chef. Oh, sorry, we're looking for Gunther. Gunther oh. <laughs> managed the coffee <laughs> shop at Central <laughs> Perk. All right, so we're at the halfway point, and Jen is in the lead, two to one. So Jen, this author created hard-boiled detective Philip Marlowe. Three seconds. I don't know. (laughs) The answer is Raymond Chandler. Brian, this chain of stores has the slogan, dress for less. Jeez. (laughs) Three seconds. Oh, the answer is Ross. (laughs) Jen This musical instrument is known as the mouth organ Harmonica Yeah, that's it Brian This star of The Notebook received an Oscar nomination for her role in Spotlight Rachel McAdams Correct Jen this actress who starred in Fast Times at Ridgemont High and Gremlins is married to Kevin Klein. Three seconds. I don't know. <laughs> oh, the answer is Phoebe Cates. Brian, this member of NSYNC went on to host a game show called The Singing Bee. Oh God. Um... <laughs> Three seconds. Oh, goodness. Um... <laughs> Oh, the answer is Joey Fatone. <laughs> All right, so the score is 3 to 2. You each have one question left. Jen, if you get this question right, you win. She's a fashion designer who starred in her own project on Bravo TV.
3: Oh god, Rachel Zoe.
2: That's correct, Jen. You win. <laughs>
1: Congratulations, Jen, and that's our show. Ask Me Another's puzzle guru is Cecil Baldwin. Hey, hey, my name
2: anagrams to Blind Ice Claw.
1: Our house musician is Julian Villard.
2: Naive Duljar.
1: Our puzzles were written by Eric Feinstein, Andrew Kane, Adam Markowitz, and senior writers Karen Lurie and J. Keith Van Stratton. Our senior supervising producer is Art Chung. Ask Me Another's produced by Mike Katzeff, Travis Larchuk, Julia Melfi, Denny Shin, and Ramel Wood, along with Steve Nelson and Anya Grun. We are recorded by Damon Whittemore, Rick Kwan, and David Hurtgen. Ask Me Another was created by Eric Newsom and Jesse Baker. We'd like to thank our home in Brooklyn, New York, The Bell House. Hot Heel Blues. And our production partner, WNYC. I'm Haripe Begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. (laughs) Hey, we're taping two star-studded shows at the Ace Hotel Theater in downtown Los Angeles on August 17th and 18th. Linda Cardellini, Darcy Cardin, Jeff Garland, Amy Mann, Missy Pyle, Lance Reddick, Paul Rust, Paul Shear and more are scheduled to appear. Tickets and information at amatickets.org. Next time on Ask Me Another, Penn Gillette joins us at the Orpheum Theater in Phoenix, Arizona, and pulls back the curtain on his distaste of magic. You hate magic. Well, I
5: never was fond of it. No, I never was fond of it. But I, I, I wasn't talented enough to do music, so...
1: So join me, Ophira iceberg for NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia.